You want me to read what? Are you serious? Okay. The following show features an asshole talking about things with reckless disregard for what the viewer and or listener may or may not think. Accordingly, the producers of this show would like to insist that if any of the subject matter offends you, that you kindly fuck off and or run naked backwards through a field of dicks. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hey guys, so I had a chance to sit down and talk with Hunter Russell, uh, other Hunter as some people call him, or Little Hunter, and he's just a great talent from the great state of Texas, and he does not get a chance to train that much, only because he has a heart rate condition, and we talk a lot about like what he does to make his training as effective as possible, and just how he, he is such a, a wide knowledge base, like from where he studied this stuff in college, and we got to dig into training, and how uh, you can improve to be a better runner in general, if this is like, if you're new to sport, or if you're new to running, or if you just want to get better overall, and you've been doing it for years. Great interview with Hunter, like he's a real down-to-earth guy, fun to chat with, and he gives so freely of his time to like help his cross-country team do great things in the state of Texas. So let's dig right into the interview, and get to it. I'm here with Hunter Russell. We were just chatting like kind of off the record and like just about different stuff and about how like epoxy just solves everything. Hunter, welcome on the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to like chat with me. Of course, Bill. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be here. We've been having a blast talking about sticking things on the wall with epoxy. So uh, I can't wait to see where this podcast goes. <laughs> it's going to go all kinds of weird places. Uh, so like there's a lot of people in Spartan don't really know who you are, like outside of, I guess, like the, the greater Texas area outside of let's, let's be honest. So like people know you as the other guy who touched the truss. <laughs> Very true. That is so true. Yeah. Like yeah, does Ryan Woods <laughs> touch the truss and then there's some other guy. Who is it? Yeah, that isn't Ryan Woods. Who is that other guy? <laughs> <laughs> so like why don't you tell everyone who's like listening who might be like five people i don't know how many people actually like subscribe to this like who you are what you do and like like why spartan race that's a lot of questions let's just break it down who you are who you are let's start there all right we'll, we'll just start uh from the beginning i guess um i'm hunter russell uh at the moment i am a cross-country coach the head cross-country coach for lufkin high school assistant track coach um, I get to work with kids every day, um, help them reach their goals, and it's, it's an awesome job. I love my job. Um, probably the best job I've ever had. Um, but how I got here was I started off in, as a kid, kind of like everybody in this sport, I just started doing sports. My parents were amazing supporters um, in my athletic endeavors. They wanted me to do any sport possible. Um, I've, I've played soccer i played soccer all the way up to high school i played baseball all the way through high school um i played football i've played golf i played tennis competitively um and, and then I've, I've run competitively uh and in high school i decided oh well i'm not gonna be a very big person 
Um, I think I graduated at like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, 110 pounds, maybe, um, you know, soaking wet. So, you know, I, I figured, oh, okay, not going to be a baseball star. Um, let's try this running thing out. And so see, coming into junior year, senior year, I decided to um, just kind of quit baseball altogether and go all in on cross country. And that really helped me out. Um, I, you know, ran pretty good up until that point. I really wanted to see what I had in the tank. Um, I'd only been running for a couple of years mm -hmm. and uh, it, it led to a scholarship to a division one school out of East Texas called, uh, called Stephen F. Boston State oh, University. Yeah. Um, yep. So I ran cross country and track for them. Um, and then luckily from there, I was given the opportunity to run for an ODP team. Um, and for those of you that don't know what an ODP team, it's an Olympic development program team um, designed to grab college athletes that might not have been able to reach their full potential and hopefully develop them into Olympians. Um, and so I had the opportunity um, to run there full time for about a year, year and a half. Um, it's not as glamorous as everybody would once think. Um, you know, you're working two jobs plus going to practice two times a day. Um, you know, it, it's pretty rough. It's mm. pretty cutthroat. If you're not winning, you're not making money. It's kind of like this sport, you know, if you don't win, you yeah. don't make money. Um, you don't have very many sponsors. You know, you have a main sponsor that, that helps you out with stipends, um, housing and stuff like that. But that's about it. Uh, and, and so from there, um, I went into a time where I had a, one of my good friends, Braden Ruby, out of, out of um, Argyle, Texas, mm -hmm. asked me to come up and start a gym with him. And so we started a sports performance gym in Dallas. And that was to help all kids um, in that area, any sport we've worked with. I mean, I've worked with many, many different sports, many different athletes. We've worked with professional athletes. Um, and, and so we helped them reach their goals. And that started, that kind of kick-started my love for coaching kids um, and, and just helping other people reach their full potential. And that, that's been such an amazing part of my life is being able to help other individuals reach their goals. That's probably been the best part of my life. Um, so I was there for three years or so. Um, and then I met my soon-to-be, soon but is now, my amazing wife, mm -hmm. um, and we moved uh, down to San Antonio. I thought, man, I should probably get a real job. Uh, and so I went into medical sales for about three years, kind of got out of the whole running thing. That's mm -hmm. when I started kind of lifting um, a little bit, you know, working with CrossFit and stuff like that, still working with kids. Um, and then that's kind of where I guess my Spartan journey started. Mm -hmm. I had a, our gym owner that I, that I was at, um, he was like, Hey, I really think you'd be really good at this Spartan thing. Um, you should go try it out. I was like, what are you talking about? So I look it up and I'm like, mud runs. What is this thing? <laughs> um, you know, probably what everybody thought, like, okay, I get to go be a kid and have fun and, mm -hmm. and try it. I was like, you know what? I'll try it out. Let's go for it. I'm not, I'm up for anything. Um, not really in shape whatsoever. But he signed me up for the Elite Heat, and I had no idea what that was. And this was uh, Dallas 2016, I think. Mm -hmm. I think the last year they had the team competition there. Oh, yeah. That was and so the, the like four-man team competition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Um, and so I, I signed – or he signed me up for that. 
And I'm thinking, okay, I can just go off my running background. I think I ran maybe two times leading up to that because I, I had about a month out from there to, to get ready. I ran probably twice um, and was like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. You know, this is going to be fun. I'm just going to go out and have fun. Have no, you know, mm -hmm. regards for where I'm going to finish, anything like that. Um, race starts. It's a beast. About halfway through the race, I find myself in second place, right? About a minute to two minutes behind Batres. Um, fighting with Michael Mark and never met those guys. And I got to meet them later on, of course, afterwards. And they were great people. Mm -hmm. um, but halfway into the race, found myself in second, like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Um, you know, didn't expect to be here. Didn't, didn't know what to do. I had no idea how to carry a bucket, how to carry a sandbag, how to do anything. I mean, I, I'm completely new. Uh, you know, I'm jumping up, watching Michael Mark go through certain obstacles and then mm -hmm. watching and then following. Um, had never even touched an obstacle before in my life. Uh, and so find myself in this awesome position of, you know what, I'm, I could be on the podium. Who would ever have guessed this? Um, and then tragedy struck, um, and I blew up not the way that most people would think. Um, and it kind of goes back towards uh, my, my college days. Mm -hmm. But I was walking up the hill with this bucket carry, and it was probably one of the craziest buckets outside of Asheville where we met. That bucket yep. carry was insane. <laughs> so, um, much one, so much fun. We'll, we'll probably talk on that later, but yes. this one was just about as bad. Uh, and so we, we're up middle of the bucket, and um, I have a heart condition. So I have a type 2 mm -hmm. Winkenbach disorder uh, with my heart, and what happens is I basically have what I call an episode. And so I had an episode halfway through this bucket carry. Um, in layman's terms, what it is, is basically my heart rate, you know, whenever you're racing 170 to 190, depending on who you are, where you're mm -hmm. at in the race, um, can be fairly high, right? And so what happens is, in layman's terms, what happens to me, at least, it's not scientific, it's not perfect, uh, but this is the way I, I try to explain it to people to make them understand it, um, is my, my heart rate's up 170, 190, and then it'll drop to like 100. It'll drop 60, 70 beats in a matter of like 10 seconds. Wow. And so as you can imagine, think about that um, physiologically, it, your blood supply is what gets oxygen to your muscles Absolutely. and to your brain and everything, right? So now my blood supply has dropped tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happens is I turn into a zombie. Yep. I, mean, I turn white. I can't move. I can't walk. I can't talk. I can't do anything. And so I'm in the middle of this bucket carry and I start to, it starts to hit me and I'm like, Oh crap. Uh, so I set the bucket down and I set on it and I wait for the next person to come by and say, Hey, do you mind grabbing the medic? And of course it's the elite heat. They're not, they're not thinking about me. Yep. Yeah. They're not going to do that. And so I, I probably sat there until 30 people came by and luckily one of my good friends was running with me trying uh, it out and they passed me. I was like, Hey dude, go grab the medic. Like, I don't know if I'm be able to make it back. And, uh, nobody came. So I sat there on, I sat there on the bucket for like 30 minutes, uh, you know, like contemplating what the heck to do. And just me as a person, I, I hate giving up on stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was like, screw it. You know, I obviously thought about like leaving the bucket and going and I was like, no, I'm picking up the bucket. I'm going to finish this thing. It took me about 10 minutes to get down <laughs> with the bucket, but I got down with the bucket, talked to the, talked to the medic and she, she was like, you know what? You got it. This is Spartan, Spartan up. 
you can make it back. You only have three miles left. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, hell? all right, let's do it. Three miles. I'm going to knock it out. So I literally zombie walked the entirety of the three miles and didn't fail an obstacle. So, I mean, you know, there's a positive there. But I uh, made it back and, and, you know, the rest is history. I kind of was like, well, if I was that far up with no training, what happens if I actually train um, a little bit? And now we're here and I, I've enjoyed the sport. I've met some of my best friends in the sport, yep. some of some of my friends, uh, some of my wife's friends that were in our wedding, you know, we met at, at the sport, like Alex Walker. She's one of our best friends. Um, she was one of my wife's bridesmaids. Uh, awesome. You know, it's, it's just, this sport has brought so many amazing, good people into our lives mm -hmm. that, man, I, I don't know where I'd be without it. Honestly, I know that sounds silly and cliche, but no. like, seriously, like it's been, it's been such a cool experience. Um, I heard you talk about it on the podcast a couple, couple um, ones back that, you know, it, it's, it gives us a second chance to be, mm -hmm. you know, a, an athlete again. You get to have fun. You get to be a kid, as Yancey always calls it. You yeah. know, you get to be a kid again, and you get to run around in the mud and, and have fun with your friends. And so it's been awesome. It's been awesome. That's, that is awesome. And there's, like, there's so much – so much I want to ask you about all that. So, like, first of all, let's just start with, like, the most glaring thing. Like, a medical professional said, hey, Spartan up. Like, your heart rate is, like, tanked out. You're only three miles away. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just, good, man. You're, you're good. good. Walk it off. That's literally, walk off your heart condition. Like, I just, like. Yeah. That's what I told her. I was like, you understand it's a heart condition. Like, it's not like I can just walk it off and things are going to be better. And she's like, and she's like, you, no, you just fired up. You're good. And I said, all right, whatever you, you say. You want an aspirin it. and a Band-Aid? Like, get your ass <laughs> to the finish line, man. Like, that's, that is the toughest love I think I've ever heard of in Spartan Race. Like, it's kind of like Norm <laughs> Cox saying, like, your leg's broken, but, like, you're almost at the finish line. Like, finish the double sandbag, Carrie. Come on. Like, don't be a pussy. <laughs> it's, just, exactly. it's obscene. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that actually, like, is a really good segue. So, you, you have this heart condition, and you, like, you train at a high level. You, and you have trained at a high level for, like – it sounds like the entirety of your life, like you've been involved in like your jack of all trades, involved in multiple sports, like for you to be in, in an ODP and to like have that heart condition, like what, like what did you do? Like, how does that work? Like, how does that work that you like, you train the way that you do to compete and to mitigate that heart rate condition? So whenever I first got um, diagnosed with it, the, the, the doctor literally said, the only way you can fix this is to stop training, period. That's not um, it was onset by training. It, it was onset by overtraining um, in college. Mm -hmm. And so he said that the, the only way to reverse it or, or to mitigate the damages is to stop training. And uh, he, he said literally you could die in the middle of a race if your heart rate got to a certain um, beats per minute or if a certain thing happened to you, um, you could legitimately die. And uh, that was about a week before my senior year conference championship. And uh, I basically, you know, with, for a lack of a better word, I, I basically told him to shove it. And if I die, I die. Uh, and so that's kind of how training has been. Like I, I have episodes every so often. Um, and whenever they happen, I, I kind of just deal with them. I, like I said, I sit down, there's nothing really I can do for about 30, 40 minutes until my heart rate just kind of, 
settles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the way, the way I see it, and I know it might be cliche, but I basically live and know that like in the middle of my workout, if I'm, if I died working out or racing or doing something like that, like I literally died doing something I enjoyed. I know yeah. that sounds stupid to no. some people, but my entire, uh, we talk about why with my kids, um, on a, a weekly basis, really like what's your why? Um, and my why for myself is I want to push my body to the very limit. I want to find out what the human body is capable of. Yeah. Um, and, and every body's, everybody's body is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my, that's, that's my why is I want to see what my body can be, can be capable of. And, and I know it can be capable of more and I know I can do more even with this condition. Um, and so I try not to let it really bother me and, it's been a, a, quite a while that I've had it now, so I kind of know when it's coming on, and I just kind of, all right, I'm done for the day. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, that's a, a very good point is, you know, it's about enjoying what you do, and if you were to, like, pass on doing what you love, like, that's, why, why would you want to live a life without doing the thing that, like, brings you the most fulfillment? It's, like, quality of life versus quantity of life, and it seems like Correct. you've, like, kind of made that trade-off. You've made that decision, like, this is something that I love to do. I'm not going to give it up because I have this condition. It sounds like you're mitigating it like as best as you can and you have the right protocols. And, but you said that it was brought on by overtraining in like college. And then obviously you had that conference uh, championship. So you're just like, whatever, fuck it. I'm just going to do it anyways. Like, have you found that like, obviously you work with Yancey and like you have like this knowledge base of like human performance that you got from like ODP, like, and you, you obviously coach children, like you coach high school cross country athletes. Uh, Have you found that like by kind of, that you had to change your training at all or that you like modified things or that, you know, it's just like that it's become like a, not so much of a problem that you've like, you've actually stretched out the time between episodes or, or how is that going? Uh, weirdly enough, I do have a degree in human performance and fitness. <laughs> that was my degree uh, in college. And so kinesiology and the, of course the, the way that I went was performance mm-hmm. um, based. And so the, the funny enough thing was, as soon as I got, or while I was going through this in college, mm-hmm. we were learning about it in class. Wow. Um, and so we got to use myself as a case study in certain tests and stuff. So we really figured out like ways to mitigate it. Um, and so really the, the only thing is um, I, I don't do much running anymore. And I know that sounds counterproductive to a sport that is the majority running. I mean, I, I'd run in 2017, 2018, um, were my two biggest years in Spartan. Mm-hmm. And on average, I probably ran, we'll say minimum and, and maximum. Minimum, I ran five miles a week. Maximum, I ran 20 to 25 miles a week. Okay, wow. Um, that is. So, a- I mean, I keep, I keep my running to a very minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do some CrossFit style uh, workouts, but mainly I do strength training that is – um, focused on balance, coordination, mm-hmm. uh, proprioceptive movements, stuff like that. That's just really going to help with being an overall athlete. Yes, um, and making sure that my body is strong enough. And you know, then it comes down to a race. Racing is racing. Like mm-hmm. whether you're fit or not. Yes, being fit or being more fit helps. But it comes down to grit, and it comes down to being able to just push through. Um, you know 
during the, the time that you have to race. Yes. Uh, but I wouldn't suggest that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have kind of some weird conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that to mitigate, you know, the first year I started this, I started to run a little bit more. Um, and, I, and I had a couple episodes. I had quite a few episodes actually that year. Um, but since then, backing off on my running, backing off on a couple of things that I'm doing on my volume, um, I, I don't know if I've had an episode in the last – year and a half maybe that's good that's really good so um i've just found volume you know volume is not great for me Mm -hmm. um and again that sounds silly because you know we're racing you know eight to to eight miles to uh what 13 now yeah for the beast Mm -hmm. you know um and that's what i found that works for me and and at the end of the day it comes down to to racing and wanting it um, and I can still do some longer stuff. I mean, for my birthday, we, we decided to do 30 miles. Woo. Um, and I think I ran up leading up to that, the two months leading up to that, I ran maybe five miles a week, um, and just did strength training. And I was able to at least run 30 miles. It yeah. wasn't the prettiest. <laughs> it definitely wasn't fast, <laughs> but, but I completed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and early that morning, we also ran a mile because that is something that I do every year for my birthday is I, I run a birthday mile, um, just yeah. to see if I can stay fit. Um, and I have a streak going, I think this year was 15 straight years, sub five. So, wow. um, I'm gonna try to keep that streak going as long as possible. So like, let's, let's break some of that down. So you're obviously like, you're kind of on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of volume that you like run, but you, I, and if everyone who's like listening Uh, to this podcast like hunter russell is not like a schlub on the course like and he was showing me all of his accolades that he's currently trying to epoxy onto his wall (laughs) in his home gym and there's a lot there's a lot so clearly like you you're a naturally talented gifted athlete in terms and and also you probably developed so much of your underlying aerobic system like through college and through odp that you you are going to be like a faster runner even though your volume is relatively low I also see, are those terrain race checks in the background too? Yeah, that was, that was actually one of the first races I ever did was a terrain race. Again, I had no idea like what, um, what exactly OCR was. So I just signed up for every fun race that I could find. Uh, and literally the first year I had to, I made a, a, like a pact with my wife. Like I wouldn't race unless I podium the race before to be able to pay for that race. That's a, that's a really so, good compromise. I would never yeah. race if that was the, so that, the first year, first year I podiumed every single race except for two. Um, and, and that was USA OCR, which was, which was at the, um, was in, the wild ranch. Yep. Yep. The wild ranch. And in Texas. Then, yep. And then, uh, and then world championships. And that, of course, I, I choked really hard being a flat lander and having only ran probably 20 miles a week leading up to that. Mm-hmm. And it was a 17-mile race. Oh, probably oh. not the smartest thing in the world. Um, that Actually, to that point, that was the longest I've ever ran in my entire life. Um, so, you know, there's, there's that. There's the only time I've ever ran a mountain race. So I choked pretty hard. Um, but you win some, you lose some. And you've won <laughs> way more than I have. Like, good luck with that epoxy, sir. Hopefully that solves your problems and they stick yeah, up there. If not, <laughs> you'll, hear, you'll hear some crashing, and that's fine. Uh, those, those deltas okay. are replaceable. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you obviously coach uh, cross-country, and they don't just let anyone 
<laughs> uh, coach <laughs> kids these days. Thank God. Yes. yes so definitely not. like, and they kind of, you have it, you have an impressive resume. And so like kind of walk us through like what you make those kids do. Like my, I know my coaches in high school were just like, run, run as fast as you can. Hey, <laughs> That's yeah. clearly not going to help. Honestly, that was my coaches in high school. And the funny thing is my, I took the position that I have. I took my high school coach's position. Um, and the coach, the other coach, so I had two coaches, uh, basically a head coach and an assistant coach. I took the assistant coach's position, which technically was the head coach. Now the head coach moved to the athletic director. So she is my boss. Oh, now, okay. That's good. We're just super cool. Yeah. Um, but so we do a lot different training. Um, being that I have a performance, um, a sports performance background with other athletes, I've noticed that strength helps in all mm -hmm. aspects. So we do strength training three days a week. We only run two to three days a week. Okay. Um, which sounds again counterproductive, but I mean, I have we the first year I was here, um, I took our team, our guys' team um, that hasn't been to state in Texas. Mm -hmm. Going to state's a pretty big deal. Um, we're five A, which is one of the bigger divisions in, in the state of Texas. Um, I took our team to the state championship race for the first time in twenty three years. Wow! Um, and with the same team, this exact same team was dead last in their district the year before. So we went from dead last in district to a state qualifying team in, yeah. in the matter of, of one year. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, the thing that we've changed is we do strength. And mm -hmm. we ha I make them total all-around athletes. We don't just focus on running. Yes, we have hard days. We have days that, that are way faster than others. Um, and we have days that are going to be hard. But we also – take our strength training very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to, we're not doing power cleans and heavy deadlifts mm -hmm. and heavy this. And we're going through um, kind of the same stuff that I've found that helps me is we're going through balance, um, single leg work, mm -hmm. proprioceptive work. Um, at the beginning of the year, we work on some real, we, we do strength, um, but it's like sing, heavy single leg deadlifts, heavy mm -hmm. single leg squats. Um, we do, weighted sit-ups that just help with um core stability yep, we do exactly. overhead mid lunges um we, we do a lot of weighted stuff towards the beginning of the year while we're building their base phase um once we get towards the middle and end of their season we take off the weight and we start doing more plyometrics more jumps mm -hmm. single leg jumps double leg jumps um z drills that work on just balanced landing and catching yourself um, we do a lot of that stuff to keep the, I call it poppiness, keep the poppiness yeah. of your legs. Um, and, and just, it makes them feel good. We're not adding that weight. They're not sore. They're not, yes. you know, beat down because we're doing heavy weight. We're, we're doing body weight movements quickly um, and with purpose. And it makes them feel quick. I mean, we took, I had kids drop three minutes in their 5k the first year we worked together. That's amazing. Um, I mean, we, we have the and, and this year is probably our best year yet. I mean, we have the ability to have five, if not six guys run under 16 this year. And I have one kid that's Jeez. probably going to be high 14s. Um, and, uh, I mean, we have some guys that can freaking roll. Yeah. And, and that's, that's huge. Um, that gives us a chance to be top five in the state of Texas um, with, yeah. that, with those times. I mean, for, for instance, I have freshmen that I've worked with for two years uh, that were freshmen this year. I had them as eighth graders. Um, Two of them, and this is 
they're a little bit better than normal, um, but one's a 16.50 5K runner, and he ran 4.45 um, in track season. Wow. And the other one, 17.01, and ran 4.54. Um, and we only had three season or three meets in the track season this year. So they're, yeah. we have some very talented athletes, but we also have some kids that are willing to work hard, and that's that's probably the other big thing that we brought in mm -hmm. is we talk about mental uh, strength. We talk about your motivation. We talk about your why um, on a daily basis. We, we basically have uh, mental strength talks, just, mm -hmm. Hey, how are we feeling? Um, and, and we talk about ways that we can use our emotions to help better ourselves and better our runs, better our teammates. Um, we have a really good culture. And so that, that always has helped a ton in uh our success yes and you know use that breakup to like run your 400 meter faster like just puke yes. out all the feelings that you have and uh, so <laughs> one thing that you touched on that i wanted to like kind of harken back to is that you're talking about like single leg exercises and like that's something that i try to emphasize with like the people that i coach because running is a single leg sport and right. so you can i i remember like in high school and college people were like i can do a 500 pound leg press like that's great congratulations on a plane that's already like the, the motion's already set for you. It does nothing for you. That's nothing really to brag about. I'm much more interested in what you could do with like a single leg deadlift or like a single leg yeah. squat or a Bulgarian split squat, stuff like that, because that's going to translate to raw running ability. And it sounds like that's what you're doing there too. And with these kids, like, wow. Like, and that, that's another thing I also want to talk about is like, you're, you're not getting them sore. And that people think that if, they're not, if you're not getting sore, that you're not getting gains. And that's not necessarily true. <clears throat> wow. I, speaking of high school kids, I feel like I just had like a puberty moment right there. And that's staying in this episode. But like, you know, if you equate soreness with gains, that's not a direct relation. Now, if it's been like three months since you've lifted lower body, you're going to be sore. But if you're like in a room, oh, yeah. like you're not going to be sore every time that you lift weights if you're doing it. And, like, so, and that's fine because like, it's not like you're not getting gains because you're not sore. Do you want to talk on that? Because you have a degree in this stuff. And I'm just like, kind of like, <laughs> studied up yeah no I, I mean yeah soreness doesn't relate to fitness um yes you are going to go through ups and downs you're going to be sore you're going to have days where you feel like a million bucks um you're also going to go through ups and downs of just your mental stability right you're going to go through ups where you can i can throw anything at you as a coach and you can knock it out of the park mm -hmm. but then there's going to be days where i can throw that same exact workout to you and it's going to feel like you're um, a turtle running through peanut butter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things like it doesn't matter um, the type of workout. It just depends. It also depends on the mental stability. Mm -hmm. um, but soreness does not equate to being, being fitter. Um, at the beginning of the year, you, you, it's like building. So this is the way I explain it to my kiddos to try to make it really simple and easy. Um, so building a building, right? You have to have a foundation. If you build a building without a foundation, it will fall. It sooner yep. or later will fall. So we, we focus on building our foundation. Our foundation is going to be our heavy strength movements. Um, it's going to be, we will work a little bit of balance at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and just proprioceptive work, just making sure that they're able to stand on one leg. Like you yep. said, running is a single leg sport mm -hmm. running in the dictionary are jogging in the dictionary says one foot on the ground at all times. Mm -hmm. It says not two feet. And so running in its definition is a single leg sport at all times. Yep. 
And so if you're, if you're training both legs, it's, it's not a bad thing, but you're going to tend to lean more to one side or mm -hmm. one side's going to be stronger than the others. It, your body constantly overcompensates in different ways throughout your training cycles. So making sure that you're doing single leg work, making sure you're doing single plane work, um, it, it definitely kind of knocks out the ability for your body to overcompensate and you get better on one side than the other. Um, yes. it, it also helps lend to injury prevention. Mm -hmm. So making sure you have the balance, the stability, your legs are able to, one of the biggest things that we do is called depth drops. Mm -hmm. um, and so what that is, is you stand on something and you drop down onto one leg and you catch and hold for a, a, an amount of time, three to five seconds. And so that small drop and catch, and we're not talking, you know, we're dropping from 60 inches. Yeah. Uh, we're dropping from 10 to 20 inches off of a box mm -hmm. um, onto the ground. You catch with a bent leg and, and we're, what that focuses on is, is balance, your proprioceptive work, mm -hmm. like we talked about, but it's, it's mimicking running. Mm -hmm. right because every single step that you take you're technically dropping down catching and pushing exactly. off mm -hmm. and so throughout the year we progress that into different movements so at the beginning of the year we'll just start with a drop catch drop catch then we'll go to a drop catch jump off of one leg land on the two mm -hmm. then we'll go from to a drop catch jump off with a ball catch and then we'll go with a drop catch throw as you jump. So you're constantly adding on um, to and progressing that movement forward. And that's what we do with, movements. yeah. And so that's what we're doing with almost all of our movement. They start with very simple movements and then they move into the complex as you build your, your building, right? Yes. But you can't start with those crazy movements that you no. see on Instagram, people doing all the time and think that, oh, I'm going to get fit because these guys are doing these crazy movements. They've had this, they've built, if they're doing it correctly, they've built this base of training of the slow, ugly, like not very cool, fun stuff that has built them up to where they can handle, their bodies can handle this, these crazy, insane movements mm -hmm. that look cool or, um, you know, are more complex, but you can't, you can't start off with those and hope to God that you're going to continue to progress. At some point you're going to break down, your building's going to fall. Yes. So we, we really focus on, on that foundation more than anything. So it sounds like what you're telling me is that I should not um, go to some of these Instagram models and put like five exercise bands my legs and then do single arm kettlebell swings where it flips up in the air and like super complicated movements that do nothing except like maybe get you some attention on Instagram. If you want some Instagram followers, go for it, man. Um, but if you want to be a good athlete, I'd say no. Uh, okay. You know, if we're being honest, no. Um, so, it's, it's, the, it's the, the slow, you start slow, then you get faster. Um, everything starts simple and then gets more complex. That's, that's the easiest way to explain periodization. That's yes. the easiest way to explain tra uh, training adaptations mm -hmm. um, is start slow, start easy, start boring, and work mm -hmm. your way to the more complex, the fun, the racing. It, and it's just, just like racing, right? You don't go out the door and race with no training. You can, but it's you not going to be as You're not going to have a good time. If you start with slow, unfun stuff. Um, Yancey uses the quote, uh, 99% of 
your success is not seen is done behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. I forget the exact quote. I, I completely botched it, but basically 99% of the work that you do to be successful is not seen, right? Is behind mm -hmm. closed doors. It's the iceberg. So you, you have the tip out of the water and then you have this right. big like that's holding yep. everything afloat. Correct. And that's the same thing. If you're trying to get to the tip, it's going to be much harder than if, if you were to build from the bottom up. And so that, that's probably the biggest thing. If, if we're talking about training to anybody that's listening to this is start slow. Don't mm -hmm. try to go and get Instagram followers. If that's what you want, awesome. But more than likely, you're going to end up injured. Um, mm -hmm. So start slow. Start smart. Don't try to go and be a hero um, right off the bat. You can get there and that's not, you know, it's not not attainable, but at the same time, let's just be smart and, and reach out to people like Bill and myself. I, I'd be happy to, you know, help people out with, with stuff like that. It's my job. You know, mm -hmm. I love helping kiddos and helping other individuals with any questions they have. You know, it's, that's one of those things that we're, we're all in this together. We all want to help each other. That's a cool part about OCR. Absolutely. That's what kept me in the sport is that I absolutely love, um, the camaraderie of heck i i enjoyed the the going to the weekends more than i actually enjoy the racing absolutely i that's i think that's the best part like i love like the community chatting with friends and whatnot and like one of the things that you talked about like if you want instagram followers i would suggest just showing off your ass or making fun <laughs> of instagram models apparently apparently and, that works and you're good at it well. it works <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. I feel like I'm letting people down. And it's, it's cl clearly this is something that you're very passionate about. And I, I love it comes through like when you're talking about it. Um, and you've done such a like such amazing work with like the kids and like in your athletic career. Let's kind of talk about the past a little bit. We got a little bit of time left. Like you mentioned Asheville, the bucket carry in Asheville. Let's bring up the glitter factory. Man, that, that bucket carry, I actually was having a really good race that day, too. Uh, it's probably one of my best races to date uh, overall, honestly. But I got to the bucket carry. You know, we, we kind of climbed up the little – I call them mountains because I'm a flatlander. Uh, but <laughs> we climbed up the small little hills to other people. Yep. Um, you know, we, we were kind of – it was fairly technical up, too. It was. Um, and so running through that, we got up, and I'm like, all right. This, you know, as you look up to the bucket carry, it looks like this small hill. Like, okay, cool. This is going to be fast. Then we're going to turn back around and go down. Yeah, like we're going to walk up. You're going to get to turn around. You're going to go right back down. Yeah, it's steep. Heck, that incline was probably, what, 45 degrees? Oh, it was steep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm walking my way up. And I was in a really good position, honestly. And going up, going up, you hit the top of that hill. And then you and just see it. Like, you see yeah, it on the way down. Four to 800 meters that you had to walk out before you could turn around. And it was like, oh, my God. Well, and then it was even I worse because you saw that it kept going down, but then it yes. snaked back around the tree line, and you didn't know how much further it went back there. Oh, God, it was horrible. Yeah, that one was a mental, just like screwed with you 100% on the mental side. And it was it, even more so – I was on the way up, got to the top, and I saw Hobie and Robert Killian and Atkins come by, and I'm like, heck yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in this race. That, that's what I'm thinking to myself. Like, hey, in this race, it is my first time ever to race an NBC series against yeah. those guys. So I'm thinking like, yeah, man, this is good. Like, you're in a good position. We're feeling good. Yeah, this bucket carry sucks, but let's keep going. And 
you get to the top and I was like, I got, I was like the duck hunter game where I was the duck flying up. They shot me down. I freaking sky, sky bomb down. <laughs> That's how my just mental side was. I just, boom. And I, from then it was, it was a, it was a rough race. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't remember. Was that like, was that the year that it was a double sandbag carry in the mud too? Yeah, I think so. And I remember uh, I, I, uh, I came across, this is the only time, and it, like, it lasted for like all of 30 seconds, Jesse McChesney. I like passed him on the double sandbag carry because I, for whatever reason, became like a beast with like sandbag carries at that, that particular year because I used to hate them before. And he was like struggling with the two tubes. I passed him. I was like, oh my gosh, I just passed like Jesse McChesney. And he's like, he's ridiculously <laughs> fast. And then like maybe like after I dropped him off, I was like, I'm going to beat like a Spartan pro team member. And then he just came flying by me after he got done with it. And I was just like, well, there that went. Well, yeah. Now, I think that was the year, too, they, they did uh, the bucket carry, and then we ran right back up the same hill. Yep. So we ran right beside the bucket carry, and I think we ran straight to the double sandbag, if yes. I'm not mistaken. It was like, like – it was, it was bam, bam. That was like back-to-back carry. heavy carries, and that was I, – I, yeah. I don't want to say this, like, make great again, but that was back when the heavy carries actually meant something. And I was like, damn it. I, like, I love the, har- the heavy carries that year, and yeah. now it's just like – now I feel like it's just like so sad. It's just not the same. Yeah, you can run with the sandbag. You can run with the bucket now. Like it's it's coming down to more of a runner's game, which I'm not super mad about. Yeah. Um, me being small and uh, and a runner, I, I would rather that happen. But I do enjoy OCR. Like I, I enjoy the obstacle part of mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm not super great at it, although I haven't failed many obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still one of those things that I like the challenge of high heart rate, jumping on an obstacle, being halfway through and like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> Please, dear God, like, thank you, yes, thank just, you for your grip training. Hang on. <laughs> yes. And, and that's, you know, heck, that was, the, that was the, the first NBC race that they um, brought out Twister too. Oh, oh God, yes. I remember. Yep. Ooh. That was the same race. <laughs> Twister yeah. and I, we had we had issues for like a little that bit. That was the first time I ever out. did it. Luckily, I saw Hobie Call do it backwards the day before, yep. like at the uh, open, open house. house. Yep. Uh, I think you were right there with us. Yeah, I we was. We were all uh, messing with Twister, and Hobie came over and showed us backwards. And I was like, done. So much I'm easier. doing it. Oh my God. It's yes. a tyro. It's a tyro. Yeah. It's just like a little bit differently. And now that like I've, I finally put in a, like a monkey swing because I'd yeah. rather, I, I've, I've taken people down that like go backwards because whenever you go backwards, you come off of it with like the, a huge, like a high heart huge rate. Heart. You're fatigued. Yeah. If you do the monkey swing, you come off of it fresh and I just run those people down. Like it's so easy. And I'm just like suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to race enough lately um, because of my job and, and mm-hmm. having a new baby. Um, and Congratulations! So I haven't got a chance to to try the monkey swing, um, but I do want to try that next time I, I get to go to a race. But surely, like they're going to have one in Texas very soon, one that you can like locally get to, and not have to worry about childcare. So hopefully, that I will hope happen. So. Like we're like we're looking. I know. I think we're all like, okay, is racing going to resume or not? Like it's it's got to. I feel good about races in July going forward. I feel I really do. Yeah. Like all all the incidents like going down. Like people are starting to open up. It's good. Uh, so we're running out of time, Hunter. I want to ask you one question that I try to ask everybody. 
as we've gone through this bullshit that is COVID-19, what has been your favorite COVID-19 snack? I'm, I really, I've, oh, I'm succeeding in getting fat. I'm just trying to speed up the process. <laughs> Dude, uh, let's see. I'm ice cream man, to be honest. Oh. Like, and that's, that's, like all, that's like all the time. And I don't know if y'all have Bluebell. Yes, um, I know we do. it's like a Southern thing, yes. but Bluebell cookie two-step is my jam. Done. Like that is, dude, it's, it's the best. Alexa, like I could sit down and eat two a step whole half on gallon. my grocery list. Yeah, I could put, I could eat a whole half gallon in one sitting. No problem. Dude, I, I'm, it's done. Like I'm going to get like, when I show up to a race again in like July, <laughs> when everyone's racing shirtless, it's just going to be like a pot belly just and like biceps. Bunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, let's get this thunder rolling now. <laughs> Hunter, That's before awesome. we sign off, is there anyone that you want to like give a shout out to? Anything that you want to plug? Yeah, I, I, I don't have any sponsors or anything like that. Um, Sponsor this so man. Wanna, you know, yeah. Sponsor this uh, man. The only, only people I want to plug is my family and friends. My mom beautiful, awesome, supportive wife, Kirsty Russell. Um, we just had a little baby boy, a little bundle of joy. Congratulations. So this quarantine has been awesome for us. Um, we've got to, you know, enjoy time that we would never get to have with him. So that's been probably the biggest positive this whole, whole quarantine thing. Yes. Um, and, and then my friends, we have a, we have a big group of friends uh, that, heck, we talk almost every single day through chat. Um, you probably know half of them, Alex Walker, mm-hmm. uh, Frankie DeSoma yep. out of New York, um, Derek York out of Arkansas, the Sliders, Sierra and Kevin um, out of Utah, yep. um, and then my best friend here in, in Lufkin, David Jones, and, and we have, and I forgot Dylan, Dylan Moran in, um, oh man, in Oklahoma now, and so, you know, we, we have that huge group of friends, and man, they've been so awesome, they support us, they, heck, they came to our wedding, um, they've just, we've, people that I would have never have met mm-hmm. without this sport. And, and it's been so awesome. They've been huge um, people in our lives and will continue to be. Um, we're, we're actually about to try to go take a trip to see all of them. So I'm Good. hoping to get to go see those guys soon. Um, but those are, those are my, my two big shout outs. My, my friends and my family, they, they're huge supporters of, of me and, and what we try to accomplish um, and they are my motivation because they keep our butts in line. If, if one of us is feeling bad, we'll call each other out. And it's, it's not, it, it can get brutal on that, on that chat. Good. Um, you know, if, if someone's feeling bad or feeling sorry for themselves, it's not pretty. Um, that they'll hold you accountable and, you know, everybody needs a good group of friends like that. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you have it and that you guys are able to stay connected through the bullshit, because that's just what I'm calling it now. I'm not even calling it Rona or yeah. COVID, like through the bullshit. And uh, <laughs> it's been horrible. <laughs> I, hope, dude, I hope it's over soon. Like, luckily, we're going back to, we're going back to training with my kiddos, hopefully mm-hmm. in June 8th. That's what the UIL has said, which is our govern, governing body. So, man, I'm so pumped to get back with my kiddos and get back to training. Good deal. I, like I told them, we have a state championship to win, so – um, I'm super excited and ready to get back to those guys and girls. Fantastic. Hunter, thank you so much for chatting with me. Check him out on Instagram. He's going to have, I'm going to have the links in the show notes. I think I figured out how to do that. Uh, it's <laughs> awesome, brother. And I, I look forward to seeing you at a race sometime very soon. Like keep me posted on like the races that you're doing. Love to get up with you and like just chat again, obviously. Heck yeah.
And you're always welcome in Texas, man. Anytime, hit me up. It's on my list of, to go down there and race. It really is. Like, I know I need to get down there. That's one of the only states I haven't raced in yet. Austin's one of the one of my most favorite races. Like, it's it is one of the coolest event venues. It's it's great. I absolutely love it. Um, so, if you want to come down for Austin, let me know. We'll have a place for you. Dude, that sounds great. I will I will get that scheduled because Austin. I've I've always wanted to visit Austin. So, I mean, I will probably open that invitation. Awesome. All right, hey, bro. Wait. Thank you very much. Take it easy. Have a good rest of your day. You too, man. If you didn't learn something from that interview with Hunter Russell, then you were not paying attention because he dug into some great stuff and he gave me some ideas on some things that I'm going to do for my training going forward, specifically uh, some stuff that will hopefully help me build some lower body strength uh, so I can run mountain series races better. So great interview, Hunter. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. I've got another interview that I'm going to drop for you guys on Friday with someone that everyone knows. <laughs> and uh, as I know it's, I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys. This is one of the most recognizable athletes in Spartan race today. And I'm going to dig into how she got started in the sport and what obstacles she had to overcome to stay in the sport. This particular athlete had a very rough go of it the first year of her career. And we're going to dig into it. So look forward to that this Friday on the channel. And you're not going to want to miss it.